Warning. The following content contains sounds. It has been shown that some sapiens of the Homo have episodic memory towards some sounds. Therefore, forming a bad reaction to certain sounds. Nevertheless, the sounds we use are only to mock actions and notions, which are, of course, ridiculous. We are not mocking the people who have them. No, no, no. Because you know in time, you may change what you do and change what you think. Having said that, this is correlation sensation. A show where I talk about your mother's mammalian protuberances. Yes, yes. They come in all sorts of shapes, colors and textures and smells. But of course, we will proceed to something more important. He's a stinky, he gets a little wrinkly when his frown goes down. It's episode 61, time to have so much fun with John Papanito's floating around. The goddamn bastard going to kill him when he comes back someday. Signing that contract, whoa, with the interaction with his goddamn toupee. Yeah. Okie dokie. Guess I'm going to call Void and talk to the Great Void. The Great Void and Beyond. The Beyond the Void. The hole that keeps on holding. Breathing, making noises, tick tacking away on his damn keyboard. Then, after being on Facebook and on Instagram and on Twitter, 
He pretends like TikTok is a much worse. God damn, what a buffoon. Here we go. Oh, they got tricky, tricky tracking on there. Oh, not like they can't do everything they want to you already. They can access your damn computer or your damn cell phone camera without you even knowing and then look at you while you're driving and picking your nose or sticking your head in your belly button like Void. Gonna call Void. Gonna call Void. Gonna call Void today. Hope he answers this fucking time. Hip, 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 hooray. Void. What is up, Gorky? Not much. How you doing? Good, sexy. You said you're doing sexy. I said I said nothing sexy. Oh, you oh, Void getting in the mood, huh? No, I was just being goofy. Oh yeah, oh man, you got me aroused for a moment there, Void. Oh. Put your balls back in your wallet. Wallet? Hey, you know, I've heard of guys getting their, you know, the who diddlies inside of their woman's purse. But, uh, what is up with these, uh, balls inside your wallet? I don't know. Um, tell me, I'm not the one with his balls in his wallet. I, uh,. I castrated them and then magically grew them back. Oh, yes. With the power of Bajibus, anything is possible, Void. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. So you know what we do today? Record. We talked about, we talk about Captain Gooch Gobbler. He likes oh. to call himself, but I like to call him Crouch Gobbler. <laughs> He's telling me that John Papanito is uh, sailing around the damn universe, going to several different galaxies. Probably won't be back till the time we die. Oh. That so son of a... needed him. Yeah, he signed some sort of contract where he had to go probe some other species all around the fucking universe. Oh, fine. Yeah, I begged for him to come back, but no. Oh. So, we go to, uh, Andres Vesalius, yeah. So, you know anything about Andres Vesalius? Uh, he invented a bunch of stuff that, of, uh, the way we, uh, look at the brain. He invented a bunch of stuff? No, I mean theories and stuff about the brain. Oh, you have? Do you? Does any one of those theories come to mind? No. No. It sounds like you just made that up right now. Oh, he invented a bunch of stuff about the way we understand the brain. Oh, that's all I can remember. Context. That's all this context clues. Oh, what is this podcast about? Hmm. Oh. Oh, I'm guessing this guy did something with the brain. Good job, Void. Oh. I could tell you worked really hard. On my knob. Oh, shut up. No. That's it. I'm gonna send Corona to spend time with you. No. I'm gonna pack up his bags. And I'm gonna make him travel over to you. No. Yeah, this bastard, he's starting to sprout some fucking arms now, and legs. Can you believe it? Oh. Yeah. After he came out, he started acting funny. And then one nub, two nub, three nub, and four. Started to sprout some legs and feet. In hands, in hands, in arms. Now he's wobbling on the floor. Oh, like a little baby. Me more like a Muppet. Ah. Uh, like Gonzo. Little bastard.
He started gnawing on my legs earlier. Fine. Now, you don't sound too enthusiastic. Well, no, that doesn't sound like a good time if he's nibbling on Well, yeah, if he starts eating any more, I'm going to have to start asking you to pay some child support here, Void. No. Yeah. He's just taking up all his space. Pooping. Now he's pooping. He got a little butthole, too. Anyways, you want to learn about Andrews Vesalius? Yes. Well, then why didn't you lock anything up? Oh. Oh, good question, huh? And then when I was editing our last episode, I heard clickety-clack so much that I cut out enough to make a beat. Did you know that? Oh, cool. No, not cool. You, you... You spend your time clicking and clacking so much, I can make a beat with it. Oh. It was like. Yeah. And then I'm going to put some of our goofs on there, too. Wait, what were we doing? We were doing something. Ah! And just for Salius. This ape man was born in a place called the Brussels. Brussels. What? Is that Belgium? Yeah. Okay. I imagine this place stinks pretty bad because it's called Brussels. And I know everybody who's had the Brussels sprouts knows those things stink pretty bad. They make your pee smell and you fart. Yeah. Oh my god. One time I farted so loud I had a whole breakout on my pants. Oh, did you have to buy new underwear? I got arrested because I was at the airport. Oh. They thought I had a bomb in my bum. Anywho, what? We say something? No, I, uh, I was just saying they had to probably send up the bomb squad. Yeah, they, they totally did. And guess what, Void? What goes around comes around. I spent what? several hours in there with them probing me. Oh. Now I'll know why so many people go through post-traumatic stress syndrome when we do that. I learned something today. What? Not to probe anybody without their consent. Oh, that's a good lesson. But I don't think anybody's going to want to consent to that, considering we put a pretty big-ass tube in there. Unless... Unless we become GI doctors, gastrointestinal doctors. Then we can pretend like we're trying to find something for them. But we're really finding it for us, brah. Uh-huh. So, he was born in Brussels, Andrus Vesalius was, in December 31st. Of a fifteen fourteen current era. Brussels was part of what is called Flanders. Ah, yes. Which is Flemish, part of the Roman Helmet Empire. Oh. Yes, and Flemish is some form of Dutch language, with a Franconian dialect of Dutch. Yep. And uh, so it sounds like some French people and some Dutch people got jiggy with it and made uh, their own language or some sort of shit. Oh, yes. And then Brussels is now part of what is called, like you said, the Belgium. <laughs> yeah, so now we have a Brussels Belgium waffles. Brussels sprout Belgium waffles. Oh, a delicacy. Yeah, make your butthole delicate. Yep. You imagine that? Oh, my goodness. Your butthole would be so chapped, you'd have to take a shower to clean it off after their third shit. <laughs> mm, yeah. Ooh, stinky. Now, where was I? Unlike Leonardo da Vinci, Andreas Vasilis had not been born as a bastard and had a higher education and was not so apparently worried about the perception of him. Parentheses. Why Leonardo didn't publish his findings that contradicted 
the classical view of anatomy. He also quit dissections for being accused of an unseemly conduct slash witchcraft. Andrus Vasilis was not the birth name of our primary sapien of homo of interest. No, 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 no. Andrus Vasilis was originally named Andres Van Wiesel. Andres Vesalius is a Latin form of his name. Oh, oh he got all hoity-toity. He thought he was special. That's how you know he's not a bastard. My name is... You, you know, you have to be very pompous to go. Andres Van Wiesel. That doesn't sound as prestigious enough for me. Andres Van Wiesel sounds weak. And sounds layman. We want to be called Andres Vesalius. Combine! Andres Vesalius was definitely not a bastard. <laughs> yep. Vesalius is known for his study of the subjects called biology, medicine, and anatomy, specifically human anatomy. Britannica. Britannica.com claimed. Andres Vesalius wrote and illustrated the first comprehensive textbook of anatomy, titled Tabulae Anatomicae. Oh, yes. I remember now. He wrote a bunch of the stuff for all the doctors to follow back in the early days. That's what it was he wrote. Can you reiterate that? I'm saying he wrote a bunch of the early, earliest medical uh, doctorates that we kind of have everything based on today. Right? Uh, kind of, yeah. Yes. But this is the biography section. Oh, sorry. I got ahead of ourselves. No, no, it's okay. But this will be in the relevancy episode on the next podcast. All right. Yeah, 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 yeah. So... But that's basically what I was talking about. Although Andres Vesalius is said to have been born in Brussels, in the same article on Britannica.com, Andres was called a native of Brabant, which is still part of the Dutch area. His family is said to have been filled with pharmacists and physicians as well. It's indicated that both his father and grandfather Served the holy moly Roman helmet emperor. Andreas' father, named Anders Van Wessel, who was an apothecary to the Roman emperor Maximilian I, later serving Maximilian's successor, Charles V, as a valet de chambre. I didn't look that one up. Void. Yes. I need your clickety clackety skills. Can you I... look? Can you look up that? What's fuck? Valet de Chambour. No, Chambour. Chambre. Valet de Chambre. How do you spell that? V as in vagina. A as in asshole. L as in lipsticks or limp dick. E as in extraterrestrial, which we are not. T as in titties. Uh-huh. Day is D as in daddy because I'm your daddy. E is in everybody's daddy. And then chambre. C as in chichis. H as in hog. A as in asshole. M as in masturbator. B as in baloney. R as in rapist. And E as in excrement. Wikipedia, is that good enough, or do you want a different thing? Blah, uh, yeah, well, well, well we, can use, we can use WikiDicky. I know. That is not a credible source on actual documents, so... Yeah, uh, you have to check the sources that they're citing. Yes, yes. Okay. All right. Was a court appointment in, introduced in the late Middle Ages common for the 14th century and onwards. Royal households had many uh, persons appointed at any time, while uh, the uh, uh, valets simply waited on the patron or looked after his clothes. Other personal needs 
It's a potential, a powerful nuclear position. So it was a position. So you're telling me he just looked at Charles V's clothes, looked after him? Uh, maybe it meant dressings, clients. Uh, oh, it was a blanket statement for patron, artists, musicians, poets, uh, scholars, librarians, doctors, apothecaries, caretakers, and collections. Comprised a mixture of nobles hoping to rise in their career in those of often humble origin. So it was a way to nobility. So you had to basically pay your dues. Oh, okay. That makes sense. That would explain why Andres Vesalius got where he was. Yes. And it didn't sound like his dad really got anywhere besides social status. Yes. Oh, well, thank you for clearing that up, Void. Oh, and also it's where we get valet from, too. Yeah, but those guys don't get higher social status nowadays. No, no. No. I know someone who wrecked a car while being a valet. Cody is his name, or was his name. I don't know if he's still alive. I don't think he would be. That guy, he was, he was bound for something in a box. Like me. Maybe he lives in this area. Anywho, back to topic. Yes. Andres Vesely's mother was Isabella Crab. Well, she didn't have the same, same last name as the daddy. Maybe the family was more, uh, Prestigious. Yes, so that's why she kept the name yeah. to keep the notoriety. Yeah, they probably made a killing off of crab legs or something. Yes. Or crab A. He's with a two B's and an E. Ah. Uh, How is that more prestigious than being an apothecary? Preposterous. I think it was kind of a lowly thing. Because you basically said, here, t take uh, these and take call me in the morning. Or take two of these and call me in the morning. Man, I don't think it would be take two of these. I don't think they had tablets back then. Or capsules. That was a euphemism. I'll give you a euphemism. Isabella Crab had three boobies and five nipples which squirted out powerful breast milk, none of which humanity had seen the likes before or after. Joke. Isabella Crab is... Really said to have encouraged her son Andres to read the medical texts in her family library in order to pursue a life of a medical practitioner. <laughs> Andres Vasily, are you okay? Yes, I was just uh, trying not to cough. Oh, well, you can cough. I, I can cut that one out. No, it's okay. Like I cut my nuts off. Actually, I ripped them off. I ripped them with my hands on that TikTok video you found so funny, Void. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I forgot about that. You forgot? How nice. Haha. Uh -huh. I forgot. Back to topic. Andres went to a Catholic University of Louvain in the Barbrand when he was 14 to 18. It's indicated this was his primary education from the years 1529 to 1533, according to Britannica.com. Then we have our third source, called embryo.asu.edu, claiming he transferred from the University Louvain in Barbrandt to Collegium Trilingue of Louvain. Source 3 proceeded to tell me by whispering into my eyeballs with photons that this second institution is where he learned both Latin and Hebrew. Then, from the years of 1533 to 1536, Vesalius went to a medical school at the University of Paris, which was later incorporated into a Paris Descartes University. According to source number one, while Andreas Vesalius was at the University of Paris, he learned to dissect animals other than humans and some human cadavers, where much of his time is indicated to have been spent on studying the skeletal system of humans. Back to source three, I read that the University of Paris was a conservative. They strictly used texts 
from nonsensical things like Galen more than their first-hand experiences, essentially expecting students to regurgitate rather than to observe for themselves and question what was taught. This is a common theme in education system nowadays. Source number three speculated that Andreas viewed only three to four dissections while in Paris. And if most of Andreas's time was spent studying anatomy, it was studying something fictitious which would explain his later actions in life. A note, while being at the University of Paris, Vesalius disliked the time frame for dissections, which was only three days. He wanted to spend more time with the body void. Oh, he has to get down deep and know it. Yeah, he wanted to get deep in that corpse. <laughs> yeah, he claimed that, the, well, it's claimed that he didn't like this three-day period because he wasn't able to do thorough investigations into the intestines and the muscles. He didn't really miss much shit in those intestines void. Oh. Probably just a bunch of shit. In 1535, it's claimed that the second dissection Andrus Vesalius witnessed was in Paris. It was a rare occasion for students to participate in dissections, for most of the people that went to university were of a higher class, like Andrus and his daddy, because he was a valet. And it was commonly frowned down upon to desecrate a corpse. Nevertheless, the students were insisted to take part and this is second dissection Andres was a part of, and assist their professor. N the narrative placed Andres a year older, performing his own dissection after this, single-handedly. Single-handedly? Void? Yes. Do you suppose it would have been rather difficult to pry open a chest cavity using only one hand? Uh, maybe he had a special tool. Did they have that one ripper thing that you hook between and pry? I don't know. I was just doing that biography. I would say that's preposterous. Unless if he had one of those hook things you were talking about. Yes. Yeah. I would have. I would have tied a rope to my missing hand and, you know, on the arm, and and use that claw. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I would have done that hand over hook. Yep. Yeah. What? 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 No, I thought you said something, but I was... Were you hearing things? No, I'm just uh, hearing you think. Whoa, that's scary. You don't want to do that. Anywho... Vesalius was so enamored by anatomy, it's claimed that he would go into cemeteries or snatch bodies from a noose in the middle of the night in order to study the bones. One story was that he put a body in a sack and dragged it home, plopped it on his kitchen table no less, and proceeded to hack at the meat in order to fit the pieces into pots of water so he can boil them so he can get all the flesh off and observe the bones. Ah, yes. The bones. Yeah. Nothing at all would have my correlation sensation leading me to think that this might have been a possible serial killer to some people. Not at all, Floyd. Yep, he wanted to learn more about the bones. What do you learn about the bones? It's said that these acts of grave robbing boiling and rubbing people's bones down, didn't go without benefit, because it's said that he was later able to identify a person's bone just by feeling it up. Hey, Void. What? You think, uh, you think I can practice that on you? No. You could blindfold me and I can, you know, rub your bone to see if I can tell the difference between yours and mine? No. No? Yeah, it wouldn't work. I'd be able to feel mine being robbed. Yeah. Yeah, I'd have to find another guy. Would you let me try it then? No. Damn it. You're not fun. I know.
Back to topic. Yes. When 1536 came around, the holy moly roly-poly Roman helmet empire declared war on France. At this time, it was Spain and France duking it out. Being a person well a part of the Roman helmet empire, Andres Vesalius went back to the Catholic University of Louvain in Brabant, no, Brabant, in order to avoid any unfavorable situations that he would have. During his time at the University of Louvain, Arabic medicine was still the primary source of medical knowledge. Claudius Galen still echoed nonsense in the dogma facilities of his time. Regardless of what Andreas would have found, which contradicted the dogmas being taught at these institutions, Andreas is said to have a paraphrased work of the 10th century sapien of the Homo Raziz, who was also covered along with Galen in our podcast. If you have not learned about them by listening, do it now. Now, I say. Go through one and work your way up. How dare you skip ahead, bastards. You are nothing but a bunch of Leonardo da Vinci's. I'm lazy. Bippity-boppity-what? Amazing? Lazy. Lazy, yes. Lazy is the great word. If they don't. Yes, that's the perfect four-letter word for you. Lazy sapiens of the homo. And Raziz, if you didn't know, was heavily influenced by Galen too. It's speculated that Andreas only paraphrased Raziz due to the educational requirements of his institution in order to receive a bachelor's degree in medicine. Whoa, where was it from? Was it from France or Belgium? Louvain. Brabant. Some Dutch place. Some some Flanders place. Oh, Flanders, yes, yes. Of the the, uh, Belgians. The Oakley Dokleys of Europe. Yes. From Louvain in 1537, our ape man of primary interest transferred to Padua after receiving a bachelor's degree in medicine according to Britannica. While embryo phase didn't mention this degree in the course of one year at Padua, Andrus dissected two bodies down to the bone on 12-5-1537, which was 26 days short of his 23rd birthday. Andrus received a medical degree from Padua, indicated on embryo head, not on Britannica. His medical degree was titled I shit you not, Void. Come, Ultima Damunition. Oh, sounds uh, smart. Sounds like the ultimate dominating jizz load of a porn. Oh. Yeah, like a great title to a porn where the plot took place in the Renaissance. And a great lord of some kind just blasted buckets of load when he jizzed. Like milk, Void. Like milk. Oh, it's a terrible. Depending upon what you like. Man, it might feel really good to load out that much. This title of the ultimate dominating cum lords all over the face of a celebration. You know, becoming a doctor for Vesalius is said to have been the highest achievement in schooling system, Void. That makes sense. Because, you know, at the pinnacle of many humans' existence is to reproduce. And this is the pinnacle achievement of, you know, some people to achieve in their education. So basically, he's telling every single lady, hey, I have the ultimate dominating jizz of his class. Quite a uh, talker to the ladies. Yeah. He could just show everybody his his plaque. If they had that, he'd probably all scroll. He has a scroll there. You know, he just whips it out. He goes, hey, ladies, look at this. He rolls it down a little bit. It says, come. He rolls it down a little bit more. Ultima. Ooh, the ladies are interested now. Come, Ultima. And then when he scrolls down to the bottom, Demunition. 
And the ladies go, Oh, I will be your slave now. Yep. Yep. Do you think the teacher tasted, you know, taste test the, you know, samples before they gave one of their students this title? No, I think it doesn't actually mean that, but I'll let you think it does. I'm just asking. I didn't didn't assume anything. I don't think so. Back to topic. On an interesting note regarding Padua is that this university is known for their progressive style for their for their dissections for the purpose of studying anatomy. Once held in the Republic of Venice, later to be known as just Padua. Oh my goodness gracious. Great jizz loads on fire void. The title of the porn could be Padua Come Otama Dominichon. Back to topic. Yeah. You don't sound so fascinated about that title. What was it again? I didn't hear all of it. You know, because he got the title from Padua or Padua. Padua. Okay. Padua. Was that college or a teacher? It was a university. Padubi Dooby Doo. In ah, Italy. gotcha. You know. You know, I knew it was his uh, school, but I didn't. I could, didn't quite understand what you said. Originally in Venice, the Republic of Venice, but became Padu. Padu. Padu bidu bidu. Exactly. Yeah, I was just saying, Padu. Colin, come, autumn, domination, or demunition. Whoa. Whoa. Part one. <laughs> What did that no. mean? Yeah, I don't know what that means. You want to look that up, boy? Uh, maybe. I don't know. You want me to spell that out? Sure. You want me to spell out Padu, too? Uh, how about Dominisha or whatever? You know how to spell come? Uh, C-U-M. Oh, yeah. You know how to spell Ultima? Ultima. Maybe. Is it U, uh, U-L-T-A-M-U-A? No. U-L-T-I-M-A. Oh, T-I-M. It's Latin. In diminution. D as in donkey. <sighs> I as in intense. M as in masturbation. <sighs> I as in ingenious. N as in neutered. U as in university, T as in titillating, I as in ignorant, O as in octopus, N as in nipple. You got that? Yeah. Okay. Oh. Okay. Okay. Oh. What? Did you find a porn website? No. Damn. What'd you find? Oh! Oh! It's for highest distinction. Like mm. mega cum laude. Uh, come again? It was a medical degree of the highest distinction. Well, yeah, it said that much. He was top oh. of his class. Yes, that's what it means. It meant he was top of class. That's all? Can you translate that from Latin? Hey, that's all it says in the thing I found. Oh, okay. You could use Google Translator. Googly tits. She could uh, show you something or two. Or three. Because there's three words there. No? Hold on. Let me highlight it. It just means with highest distinction. That's literally the actual translation. Okay. Thanks for letting me down, Void. I, I, I thought that's what it meant. But yeah, that's I, what it means. I got a page on him so I can fill in more information. That's all I knew. I, I was just hoping for a translation, you know, like, translate, oh, come, you know. Translate. Oh, no, it's not that exciting. It literally just means the highest distinction. Maybe it just tastes the best, and maybe it's the saltiest. Void. Yes. How would you... How how would how would you know this? I don't know. I was just guessing. 
Um, okay. Back to topic. <laughs> One second. <laughs> Sarfoid. Once our main character became a doctor, he also became a lecturer. The BBC displayed that Andrus was immediately offered the chair of surgery and anatomy. Void? Yes. I wonder what sort of technology this chair had. Do you think oh, it... I think it's, uh, means sort of head of the department. Wow. I was, I was kind of hoping it was something that connected the human to a deeper understanding, you know, of surgery and anatomy. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Embryo mouth indicated that Andrus was the head of surgery rather than being the chair. Ah, okay. Another discrepancy, Void. What other said contradicting themselves, huh? Yeah, one said he got the chair. The other one said he got the head. Which one is it? Do you think he got both? The head of surgery? Oh my god. Void, do you think they just gave him a severed head? I don't know. Maybe he wanted one for Christmas. Maybe they put a head on the top of the chair. I don't know. Anyways, where was I? I was going somewhere. Do, 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 do. Vesalius fit in at Padua so much void that he had his students employ, uh, employed as assistants for the dissections in the class. While doing this, he is said to have illustrated his own findings on the circulatory system, skeletal system, organ system, even though the skin was not included in this organ system at that time, reproductive system, muscular system, and last but certainly not least void, the nervous system. Ooh. I can't wait to start reading on that one. He also came out with a pamphlet for bloodletting. Nice. This bloodletting pamphlet was a large step in the right direction, according to some people, because most of those people who performed this sort of thing did it based on anatomy done by Galen, who did studies only on animals other than humans with their different circulatory systems. On a side note, did you know barbers used to do bloodletting void? Barbers? Barbers. Yeah, barbers. Oh, so you sit in the chair and they thought it had uh, medical benefits, so they were just something to add to the to the uh, car blanche while you're sitting there waiting. Like, oh, free bloodletting while you get your hair cut or whatever. To bring in more customers. Yeah, you want to hear another thing for it? What? That's why they have that white and red striped pole outside of, outside of some barber shops. Yeah, it came from days of old, where bloodletting was popular, and they're like, hey, we do bloodletting, here's this pole. Yeah, a lot oh. of people go to a barber shop and never know that history. Oh. Now you can you can say it to your barber when you go there, you could be like, hey, guess what I know, baby. Hopefully it's a female barber. Funny, the two guys might think it's kind of funny, and the older guy might know it, but he's kind of a history buff. And the uh, middle-aged lady that sometimes cuts my hair, they're the owners, would be completely disgusted because she finds gory stuff yucky. Yeah, but, I mean, blood, you know, is inside of her, so... Especially once a month, unless if she's really old. No, 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 no. She's just talking about the leeches part. It wasn't leeching. It was it was slices. They used to, oh. they used to just do a little nick here and there. Boom. A little off the top. <laughs> yeah, they have pictures from the medieval times where, in the Renaissance times, where people would get a little prick, and then they'd squirt the blood into a bowl. Is that where the term barbarism came from? Void. What? This is the perfect time for you to shine. I'll look it up. Look up the etymology of a barbarism. Can I continue? Or do you want me to wait? I can wait. Oh, it was for the language etymology for anyone that wasn't Greek. And so it, uh, barbar, barbar 
Okay, was a euphemism for stammering. So they thought people who didn't speak Greek were stammering by the way they speak. Well, I wouldn't want someone stammering cutting me open for any kind of medical purposes. I don't know. You want to go back to topic now? Yes. So, after friend... Wait, Andres Vasilis... Andres Vasilis became so popular that a judge in Padua... In 1539, caught wind broken by Andres's anus and became invested in seeing that the people he sent to get executed wound up supplying Andres with a bountiful supply of human bodies to dissect, study, and instruct with, educating, helping the people learn and grow as a society. This allowed Andres to make assumptions on more data in order to solidify any erroneous notions he may have had, and he had some, on human anatomy. It said that it wasn't until 1540 when Andrus proceeded to break free of the paradigm of their time during his life and used his own method of performing dissections, dissections questioning the almighty Galen crap while visiting the University of Bologna. I mean Bologna. Bologna? Hey, baby, you want to see my Bologna? Nah, man. Nah. Doing this, he analyzed the Greek Galen texts. This showed that Andres Vasilis had been relying on dissections that were once performed on animals other than humans, which was a flawed, me flawed methodology. Because for some reason, Void, I don't know, Deviations occur in the anatomy of multiple different species. Really? Void. Really? No way. I have no idea. You can't tell that a dog might be different than an ox or a macaque when you cut them open? They just might be different, Void? I don't know. Pretty general terms, huh? Very ridiculous. I mean, you look at the macaque's hand, and then you look at a dog's paw, and then you look at the ox's hoof. Oh my god, woof woof, anatomy different right there. You don't have to cut them open to gnaw. Anyways, this must have been an amazing learning experience for the one called Andres Vesalius, which would have been obvious for me, because I am Gork, and I am great. Even without any formal education void, I would have just assumed that there would have been different organ formations just by the different musculature, skeletal systems. Jesus Christ. What? Oh, I just found it ridiculous. Oh. Yeah. Vesalius is said to have hurriedly published his findings void. It's said that he had illustrated his own pictures documented by himself in order to put this out and to claim justification on his deviations from the dogma of the time. But it's science. It can't be wrong, right, Void? Wrong. Since the animals called humans created it, science has been bound to confirmation bias, which causes attentional blindness in their ape-man beliefs. Once 1542 came around, Andreas is relayed to have traveled to Venice so he could supervise the illustrations of his book. Don't want some other ape man sticking their fingers into his cream pie. No, 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 no. It's claimed by embryo but that Vesalius knew of this dude in Venice who went by the name of Stefan van Calcar, who was said to have been an apprentice of the one named Renaissance painter Titian. Britannica.com, though, made it appear as though Tishan himself did the work. Nevertheless, what happened was that Andreas Vesalius had his illustrations that he did applied to wooden blocks so they could be mass-produced, so he could spread his knowledge. In 1543, the book, titled De Humani Corpius Fabrica Libre Septum, translated to the seven books on the structure of the human body, was published in both Britannica and Embryo Hole. It was relayed that the book was commonly referred to as Fabrica. This is said to have been his most important book he had published. 
it's indicated to have not have only have been the most extensive, but the most accurate textbook publicated by anyone prior to him. There were seven books in this production, with over 270 illustrations amongst these seven books. This is the first publicly known anatomy book written based on first-hand experiences with dissections. Wait, 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 Void. Remember the Ayurvedic system of Hindu medicine? Yes. Remember, there was a book called the Sashrut Samhita, <laughs> written by some dude named Sashrut, I believe. <laughs> nah, he did his own dissections. Well, I mean, he, he didn't have too much. He used like a, a scraper and scraped off some rotten skin, peeled it back. I mean, and his illustrations weren't too, weren't too uh, realistic. Because they had They look kind of goofy. Yeah, they... They look like some old school cartoon figures from the 70s or 60s. I know, but what could you imagine, I guess? I would have tried harder to make him more realistic. Maybe just listen to good drawer. Yeah, you gotta get some work done on that one. Yes. We can't be all as talented as you are at the drawing. Um... I don't know what you're talking about, boy. Oh, I, I, I mean the artist who does our stuff. Yes, yes, Yoshio Pijue. Yeah, he did that. Not me. No, no, no. Don't know what you're talking about. Anywho, back to topic. The Fabrica held illustrations and depictions of both male and female sapiens of the homo's anatomies, with diagrams of uteri and intact fetuses. Andreas noted inconsistencies between his observations and the texts which influenced everyone by Galen. One is that the uterus was thought to have many compartments, while Andreas failed to find anything other than the one. I wonder what animal Galen had dissected to come to such a conclusion. Perhaps a dog. You know, they get a lot of puppies in one litter. Since... Since the Fabrica was published, unlike Leonardo's da Vinci work, by the way, this is believed to have had an actual positive impact on people's outcomes with surgery. And Leonardo seemed to have known something that Andrews did not care to know about until later. I will go into that a little bit later. And like anyone who would have come out uh, with a book contradicting... I'm going to be covering that right now, actually. Like anyone who would have come out all over the place with a book contradicting beliefs of how anything works or the structure of anything, many people would criticize it, like Graham Hitchcock or Graham Hancock. Was it Hitchcock? Hancock? One of the two. He's an older sapien of the homo who's still alive nowadays. Who came out with many books? Not really, not really scientific. But and he never claimed to be a scientist. But a lot of people came out and called him a pseudoscientist. Uh, why? That's kind of silly. He was just contradicting some narratives given about the history of the Americas and Egypt. Anyways, Andres Vasilis was commonly spoken about distastefully, while some others had actually praised him for all the hard work he did to open people's eyeballs. Now I wonder where the middle ground is, all people. You know, we're all just people, and we all have different views. Sometimes we are wrong, and sometimes we're right. And we grow, and we learn if we try. You know, people commonly neglect that our thoughts aren't as important as uh, working it out with our thoughts in order to uh, come to an understanding with each other. Now we just have idolization and demonization. Anyway, back to the narrative. Two weeks following the Fabrica, Andreas published the epitome of this book, which had the muscles illustrated in layers, from superficial to deep, which would help surgeons in treating several wounds. Still, in the early part of 1543, the sailors traveled to Mainz in order to engage the poopy pope poop emperor named Charles V to show off his hard 
groundbreaking work. The poopy diarrhea Pope had, Emperor Charles V, had taken a look at Vesalius's work and wanted to have him work as the primary physician to the emperor's family. So much like the person Vesalius proved wrong, which was Galen, who took care of Marcus Aurelius. Vesalius would be a physician to a prominent figure of power, not even being the age of 28. Andreas Vesalius reached a goal of shifting the paradigm, so he was comfortable enough to relinquish his post as a lecturer for the University of Padua and moved back to his homeland of Barbrandt. But I would like to let you know, I wrote that down when reading just only the Britannica portion. It said nothing about the distaste some people had for his paradigm-shifting work. Andrus didn't like the failed reception of his last work. It ruffled so many feathers that he had to resign. The narrative has Andrus burning all his work, all his notes, all his illustrations. Some speculate it was in a fit of rage. I would say that that would make a lot of sense to me. On a light note, in the spring of 1544, Vesalius married the female sapien of the homo named Anne Van Ham. Do you think Andrews went ham on Anne? I don't know. I mean, if it was the first woman he was with and he was 28, I, I, probably, I probably would have went to ham on hand. On Anne. Ham on Anne. I like to think so. After giving his pig to this woman of ham, Andres is said to have taken up the new duty of taking care of the emperor, while the emperor would go on his travels through Europe. In the years of 1553 and 1556, most of Vesalius' time was spent in Brussels. During this time, Andres had a house built, which served as a location for his growing physician work and affluence. Once 1556 came around, Vesalius's prestige grew even larger. So large that when King Charles V advocated the Spanish throne, Andres Vesalius became Count Andres Vesalius and had a lifetime pension. In 1559, Andres, along with his wife and daughter, had an appointment in Spain with Philip II, son of Charles V. In 1556, Andres received permission to go on what was called a Holy Sepulchre. You can look that one up. Holy Sepulchre. Holy Sepulchre. I saw that last part. S as in special. E, uh -huh. e as in education. P uh -huh. as in Peter. U as in uterus. L as in lecture. C as in Cheeto, H as in hobo, R as in ridiculous, E as in everybody. Oh, it's synonymous with Holy Scripture. Oh, okay. Andres went to Jerusalem when he made his pit stops both in Venice and Cyprus, while his wife and child went back to Brussels. So I take it that this was no family vacation, and it's a good thing, because on October 15th of 1564, Andreas Vasilis died on the Greek island of Zakynthos on his way back home. Perhaps foul play was involved. No source indicated such, but I could imagine so if you pissed off enough people in Europe. Yeah, pretty sure someone would have been pissed off enough to do something. You know, you don't change a paradigm prior to getting a few death threats. Or without getting a few death threats from some people who live very sad lives. I mean, all you have to do is say, I don't think you should censor people, censor people even, if it, even if they believe that the evil Jewish reptiles rule the world and uh, uh, we should attempt to inbreed again 
for uh, an Aryan race of some kind. If someone wants to think that, I think it's cool, because, I mean, they might end up having their mind changed if they're confronted by the right people who can truly speak well enough to appeal to their biases and change their beliefs. It takes a lot of thought to, in order to do something like this. It would explain why so many people just throw their hands up in the air and say, fuck you, you know? This would be why so many people would rather just say cancel and pretend like you'll go away when you censor them, even though it just strengthens their resolve of paranoia and adds more to it with delusions of paranoia because they go, they're just saying wrong speak. Yeah, it creates a bigger chasm and then, you know, sometimes it leads to a crazy-ass redneck in a church or a Muslim mosque and shooting people up. Notice how I didn't say anything about Andreas Vesalius' contributions to neuroscience? Oh, why is that? That's because it's on next week. Oh. Yes, so, if you want to keep on listening to us, I please, please, if you like this at all, please like, share, and subscribe. It will help us out the most, because I have no money to advertise. We want to grow so we can eventually sell stuff. And uh, if you help us grow and help us recruit more people, we will be willing to give you and the new recruit a free t-shirt of our emblem. Yes, the brain emblem on our podcast. Wouldn't that be nice, Void? Yes. Ah, yes, in the Squirrel Hunter. You know what he said he did? He said he nailed the shirt up to his wall. Oh, how come it's not going to work? Is it a shrine to us, or are you just like his decoration? Oh, I don't know. I didn't ask. Okay. Well, we need to thank him for that. That is very kind to display it. Hopefully he's not putting a bunch of dead squirrels in front of it, bowing down to it. Oh, Oh, yes. Almighty Gork. Void and John Papanito. Anyways, if you like us, do that. Follow us. We're all the the ways you can contact us are on the episode descriptions. On every single episode description I can think of. There might be one or two without it because I was hastily publishing an episode. Anyways, the next song is by Escape Goat. Yeah, they do our introduction song. Yeah, they're pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. So, Void, what do we do? We live in peace. Bye.